Hello and welcome back to Raising CJ, uh, our podcast about raising our daughter CJ, <laughs> Cadence, uh, middle initial J, as we mentioned before. Um, we still have not had her. Uh, we are in the final days of the pregnancy. Um, if not ours, who knows? We hope it's... I know Bethany very much hopes that it's hours or minutes. We're going to have her on air. <laughs> <laughs> I think I would turn it off if that started. Um, That's how close we are. Yes, we're within two days of our due date. It's that point where people in the grocery store are saying, when are you going to have a baby? <laughs> they seem alarmed that I'm on about. Right. Yeah, today you said, someone said, or that someone asked you, the checkout girl asked you, and you're like, Tuesday. Yeah. And, and she looked worried. Yeah. She like looked at the person behind me and then back at me. <laughs> but people are very nice. I don't know if she knows how it works. It, it doesn't just fall out. I wish. I thought that's how it worked. <laughs> but I'm. it could be still like two weeks, but it's not going to be. Right. We're not going to be late. Everyone says the first one's late. We're not doing it's not, it. It's not for us. Nope. Nope. Okay. <laughs> so in the last episode, we touched on that we were going to talk about some things you had to go through at work to get a lactation space. Um, so why don't we start there? Yes. It's your story. So it's kind of a whole thing. So I'll I'll just let you tell it. Well, I may have said that I have this whole new respect for people who well, women who go back to work after having a baby, um, you know, I understood, I think I kind of thought about, you know, how hard it must be to be separated from your baby and that kind of thing. Um, but I never realized just physically <laughs> how difficult it is to go back to work because of everything you have to deal with until I started to think about it. So I work at, uh, uh in kind of an old, office that was it was actually like a bunkhouse at one time or something it was never meant to be an office space but over time it's been converted and more people have been kind of packed in and we're in there kind of like sardines at this point um and so there really isn't a a space for someone to lactate at work and there's never uh really been a need that's not entirely true 11 or 12 years ago a part-time employee had a baby and she did um, pump in the bathroom when she came back. But our bathrooms are sort of ill-equipped for that. Even And also there's a law in Minnesota that you don't, that the employer has to provide, make a reasonable effort to provide a space that is not a bathroom for nursing mothers. And that's a kind of recent thing that wasn't around 11 years ago. So, um, I brought this up sort of as soon as I announced at 12 weeks or whatever to my, uh, to people at work that, Hey, I'm looking for a space and not sure what I'm going to do, but I'd like us to start thinking about this. And I share an office with my supervisor and he's been really supportive as well, but we've also been sort of baffled <laughs> since October, basically. Um, or maybe even. Before that, but I definitely remember contacting someone at like our regional level in October and saying, so what do we uh, do about this? 
And I was like trying to find a closet in the garage. And, you know, we just don't have, we have one conference room, but it's also the break room. And so to like rely on being able to kick people out of that twice a day wasn't a thing. And I don't have an office at the door. And, you know, so there's just really nowhere. Um, uh, so ultimately, I came up with this idea that I could make myself a cubicle with a sliding door and I would pump in my cubicle. I don't know. I looked it up on Pinterest and people do it. So I thought that'd be fine. Um, so I, and I just want to up to that point when you talk to the re- to the regional manager, the regional office, um, and your supervisor did as well. And you guys were kind of just told, I don't know. Figure it out. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, that isn't to say that people weren't supportive, but it was just definitely like, we don't know. And we'll look into it. And then, you know, never being able to get back in touch with that person. So ultimately, um, I decided this was something I'd be comfortable with. And also um, sharing an office uh, sometimes it's tricky anyway because uh, if we're both on the phone at the same time, it can be hard to have a conference call or whatever. So these partitions would in the long run serve multiple purposes. So um, I put in, started doing the paperwork to um, to get that. But um, as it filtered its way through the bureaucracy, finally someone stepped in relatively recently within the last few weeks and said, um, no, <laughs> you can't. Um, the requirements are that you have to have a locking door and then you can't pump in your workspace or the space has to be separate from your workspace. And this was a person we had never heard from before in all our attempts to communicate. Um, so it was kind of new information. And I think this was like February or something, maybe late January. Uh, so we're sort of like, okay, well, what do we do then? Um, And, but this like all powerful person like really got things done because two days later she sent in like a building person who came with a contractor and they found this area where we had all these filing cabinets and they're like, you're going to move these filing cabinets and we're going to build some walls and we're going to make you a four by six space with an outlet and a wall sconce and it's going to have soundproofing and you're going to have a lactation room. And I was like, whoa. This is a far cry from what we thought. Uh, you know, I didn't know if I was going to be doing this in my car or what for a while there. So um, it was it was really good news. It did, however, though, then inconvenience the people whose files needed to be moved and consolidated. And most people like don't care about that kind of thing, but not everybody is like that. <laughs> um, so there was, it was a little distressing for me because people would talk about we need to get this done for Bethany's room or whatever. And I wanted to just be like, no, it's not my room. No, it's, it's yeah, it's for all yeah, future lactating yeah. mothers. <laughs> yes. Yeah, just, you as, just happen to be the first one in your office. Right. And so, to um, need it. Yeah. It's, it's like, just as the bathroom is not your bathroom, it's for everyone. <laughs> it's not right. my room. I was really self-conscious, I guess, about the sort of hullabaloo that everything uh, went through. But I think actually next week, um, according to an email we got, the the contractor person is coming with the drywall and everything to actually start building this space. And it's a really good thing, you know, for 
for the future. There's a, a really low female to male ratio at my office, but that doesn't mean that we wouldn't hire another woman who would need this or have a woman come in for a meeting who needed it, you know, or, you know, I could need it again in the future. So hopefully people don't feel it's like a waste of space. And, you know, when no one is in need of it for lactation, it can be used for other things. So I've kind of, um, it's been, yeah, it's been hard to, uh, to make a big stink about it, but I really, I really wanted it. And I think we as a society are moving towards the expectation that women should have this. And so it's a good thing. And then you think about, all right, now I have this room, but you have to have the, um, time to pump and the, you gotta get your pump and you gotta have a place to store your milk and you gotta be able to clean up afterwards and different things. So it's definitely a whole, um, thing and, and just talking to other moms who have been very open and it's been really uh, kind of fun to hear from other working moms about this topic that they normally don't talk about just what they've kind of had to go through to to get it done during the day it's not it's not um I, it's something maybe that just happens under our radar all the time but when you think about the the sacrifice a breastfeeding mother makes it's it's a big deal, I think. So it's been a learning process. Yeah, but I'm really glad that you're able to get the space figured out and have a plan. Um, I want to back up just a little bit, though, because so that person who came in and was like, no, 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 you can't build yourself a cubicle yeah. to do it in. Yeah. So at first... um. You know, you had not gotten you had not gotten any help or anyone to go with you on this for so long that at first you saw that person as throwing up another roadblock because they were roadblocking your cubicle panels. Yeah, we really thought um, it was gonna end up being an excuse like we made a reasonable effort and you this isn't reasonable and so you just don't get a space or something like that. Or, you know, I had finally come up with a plan I was comfortable with. Yeah, just like you right. were saying. Like you were saying, well, I'm comfortable with pumping in at my at my desk if I have these partitions. Um so if they didn't figure anything out out, I would I would hope that they would have allowed you to do that. But at the same time, I'm thankful for this person that kind of went to bat for you and for the rules and it's it's it was weird that somehow this person wasn't involved until the last minute when they were and then like you said like two days later she had a contractor guy or whatever um or building inspector guy go to your office and figured out he figured out a place where he could fit a four by six room um yeah, it's one of the frustrating things I think about working for a government or probably even a large company, any large organization, is that according to the title or the org chart or whatever, you think you're going to the right person, but they send you to a different person and a different person, and you never get to the right person until, I don't know how this person even found out about my cubicle, but bam, suddenly she yeah. was taking care of things. And it is worth mentioning yeah, that it was... Um, a woman, I think I had talked to a lot of men before that. So sure. uh I, I don't know if that you made a difference. It, but you, you know, know, right. Um, so yeah, it it was a whole saga. Now like anything, now that it's getting done, it, it feels a lot better, but it was a big 
a big part of my days, which is weird. It was just weird to think it's not part of my job to make sure right. that women in my office uh-huh. have a lactation space, but it was a huge part of my job. Yeah. And you said <laughs> even your supervisor basically spent one whole day on the phone trying to yeah, on figure the phone, it out. Looking at people. blueprints and drawings. And yeah, so it, it was a big endeavor. And in fact, um, our state is split into four administrative regions, so it's a pretty big region, and we're only the second office out of several to to have a space like this. So in the right. region, so I've been uh, encouraging you as being a trailblazer for women. Yeah, uh, yeah it's important. I think it's one thing to say that you want to have women or minorities or disabled people or whatever you know you want them to make up a significant portion of the workforce, and it's a whole other to make accommodations. So. You know, yeah, we want women to work here, but we'd like them to be just like men. Is <laughs> kind of the message sometimes. <laughs> oh. So yeah, it's it's nice that that's changing too. Sure. So that's that. Yeah. <laughs> so that's the uh, happy ending. The happy the happy ending to the adventure of obtaining a lactation space at work. Um, I haven't asked you this. Are they going to like put a mini fridge in that room or anything? They have not said that they will. Um, and I have talked about it. My supervisor, I don't know if I should have used his name. My supervisor and I have talked about it. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so we, uh, we might get something or I was thinking I might, you and I have a mini fridge. Maybe I'd commandeer that for the nine months or whatever. Okay. I'd have to scrape off my nudie picture stickers, but. Um, shoot uh, yeah we don't want that <laughs> well we've talked about how we no, could i'm kidding i would yeah. i just thought it'd be a funny joke to say that any pictures on it well you do it's from yeah, college yeah it's a college fridge just and like, it hangs out in the garage in my main area just so. like <laughs> the monitor you gave your parents after you left college that had little nudie stickers on it and they left them on it for like a year and a half <laughs> Uh, I don't know why they did that. But. I know. I don't know why you gave it to them like that. And I don't know why they left it, but it was funny. <laughs> yeah, that was... We're going sidetracked, but it's it's fun. Uh, yeah, when I was in college, they'd send you... Uh, play Like, subscribe to Playboy. And it would come with a sticker with, like, a, a lady on it. And you're, if you wanted it, and then you put that sticker on the thing and send it back. Nope, I put mine on my computer monitor. And I guess my parents left it on after I gave them my computer monitor because they was crapped out. So, so yeah. that was a dumb story for no reason. But anyway, um, we're, I mean, last time we talked, we were, last time we had a podcast, you were two thirds through your third trimester. Now we're in the last week, last couple days. Uh, I know you feel pretty miserable. So why don't you talk about how it's been <laughs> yeah and it's i mean yeah i complain a lot because it's there's a lot of physical discomfort I'm and sure. there's a lot of um uh, emotional discomfort as well because i'm just so excited to have the baby and i just want this to be over and i know it's gonna happen soon and i'm not the most patient person so i'd rather it just happen now than keep waiting and i'm not sleeping and I don't think that helps very much either. Right. Um, and the experience of what it's like to go into labor is so different for so many people. Um, there's just like a billion different ways it can happen. It can be really slow or it can be really fast or this, this, or this can happen. And so like watching for the symptoms isn't as easy as watching for the symptoms of 
I don't know, gangrene or something. <laughs> I'm not sure. Some, um, something more obvious. Um, maybe it's like predicting the weather. I'm not really sure. You know, you don't really know um, what's going on. So I'll like wake up in the middle of the night and I'll be like, oh my gosh, I think this contractions. And then I'll get up and they'll stop, but then I'm awake and, you know, so um, it's just, it's very confusing. And I've been actually last night when I was awake in the middle of the night, <laughs> I was thinking about my uh, great grandma who had nine or 10 kids and how um, I wonder what it was like, like with the first one, if it was like this, the waiting. And then by the time you get to the sixth or seventh, you probably are like a pro at just relaxing and not worrying about it. And then I thought about how... We, we'll never know. No. We're not going <laughs> to... Well, we won't get to six or no, seven. No, no, Definitely not. I don't want to get to the point where I don't care anymore, I guess. <laughs> um, but then I was thinking, actually, um, she lived like 100 years ago or was having kids 100 years ago, literally, you know, her first few. And, you know, they didn't have the benefit of the app that tells you when you ovulated and the ultrasound that calculates the due date for you. And, you know, everything is, is not even that precise, but it's much more precise, I'm guessing, than it was before. Um, and then you've got the internet to be looking up all these symptoms on and like a hundred books that you've read about everything. And so I wonder if um, less information wasn't better or if it was actually harder because you didn't really know what was going on. And probably people didn't talk about their bodies and she didn't have... I wonder what kind of access to medical care she even had in Western North Dakota in the 1900s. So, um, I was thinking about that, how much, how much different it would be. And I would love to, to hear about, I mean, I wish I could get that perspective. That'd be great. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You've had the, um, some Braxton Hicks contractions. Yeah. So to think someone back then, if they have those, they might, you might not even have heard of them, or I don't know. Yeah, well, I but don't know. Yeah, did she have like... like, oh, are these contractions? I think, is it happening? Yeah. And then nothing happens for a while. Or Did she have sisters or some, you know, um, um, I don't know, who, who you turned to um, and how much they talked about it and how much information there was and all that kind of thing. I, there definitely wasn't a labor and delivery class, so... Mm-hmm. Even just where where did she give birth? Because they actually lived in like a one room house with a mud floor or something like that. When they oh boy. Fr- yeah, so I mean, totally, totally different. And then, yeah, that house was shared by her and all these other kids. So you just sort of wonder then when you had. I mean, we've got this nursery all set up and all classy with all its gadgets. How far we've come? Yeah, yeah, yeah and um. So it, I'm just trying to uh, simplify and simplify my way of thinking and sort of encourage some patience. And just because we have all this information, this stuff, women have been doing this forever. Women are still doing this without technology right now in the world. And I can, I can let go. I can't actually let go, but I try to tell myself I can. <laughs> so, yeah, the comfort is the discomfort is both. Physical and emotional, I would say. Hmm. And I'm excited. Of course. We're very excited. One thing that's been interesting is uh, the family wants to start planning when they're going to visit. And it's like, you can't plan a baby. Like, (laughs) Yeah, we have no (laughs) idea. You don't know the day that they're going to come. So you can't. 
and I, people know this, so I don't. My my parents have been pretty understanding of. They've just like, well, if it's before this date, we'll come here, and then if it's after this date, we'll come on these days. Um, I don't know. Maybe I'm reading. I'm thinking, overthinking about it, but it, it seems like people want to plan when they should be here and we just don't know or we don't even know how much time we're going to want to ourselves with our baby before we have people over yeah i think that's a big part of it is the people who want to come and help who we love and are so grateful for their help but they you know need to schedule this around their work and their whatever and so um they kind of want a general idea. So sure, she's due on the seventh. And then do you want like a couple of weeks alone or do you want help right away? Or, you know, and the first thing is we don't know. I mean, she's due on the seventh. She could be born on the 20th. I mean, that's totally sure. plausible. Yeah, some people are um, two weeks late. Yeah. Um, and then we don't know like how the birth is going to go. Like if there's some sort of complication, she could be, we could be in the hospital for longer. Or maybe we won't. Right. And then once we do get home, how comfortable are we going to be right away? Are we going to fall into a routine or are we going to be screaming at each other or, you know, what's going to, how, how that's all going to work out or will we want help right away or do we want maybe no witnesses to the initial <laughs> acclimation? Right. I sort of, it wasn't until, um, maybe two, two weeks ago, two or three weeks ago that I sort of started to get kind of a gut feeling about, no, I don't want people here right away. I want time. Um, uh, two weeks is ideal, you know, before we have people come. And then we started talking. I think it was really good. You and I talked about how different it's going to have, going to be to have people come and stay. And it's not our job to clean the house for them or entertain them or cook or whatever. We've never had guests that we weren't hosting. It's right. Going to be a I know transition. you're kind of worried about that. Yeah. You're like, well, what's, your dad needs to be entertained. What are, yeah. what are we going to have your dad do? And I'm like, no, this isn't a vacation trip. It's, yeah. They know what they're here for. So, yeah. And they have already said that too, which was really, I mean, without me even asking, they've already made that point that we've, we're coming to, to help and, and maybe mm-hmm. we'll get to hold the baby and maybe we won't. And, you know, right. so they're not going to try and just, come and when and you're snatch done with us, tell us to leave. Yeah. Tell us to go home. So that's your parents. So. But, you know, we don't know how different, people in the family will be so right and of course talk is one thing and what actually happens is another and is it gonna Uh, how hard is it gonna be to let go of that sort of hosting for me i mean i'm i'm already like trying to prepare myself but it's difficult i think being exhausted will help yeah like i mean (laughs) you're right yeah you're you're being in the throes will just be about you and your baby um Mm -hmm. i hope so yeah and grandparents can figure their own stuff out yeah Yep, definitely. So. Yeah, so it's um, it's definitely yeah, it's just so much different when you're actually really close and thinking about these details. And I know people do it every day, blah blah blah. But it's a lot of it's a lot of answering questions and planning, and it's not just picking out cute stuff. Preparing to have a baby is a lot goes into it. So I'm really I'm glad I have you as a partner. I think we're doing a good job together. Well, thank you. Yeah. Well. Do what I can. (laughs) 
You're not entirely worthless. You're lucky because you didn't, I was really hoping that the baby would come early enough so she would be born on your birthday in late February. Now, and you <laughs> slid under. Yes, I slid was, under. Yeah. So my, <laughs> if the baby was like a week early, it would have been really close to my birthday. And Bethany was <laughs> devilishly wishing for that, I yeah, guess. Yeah, well, just because you so didn't want it to happen, that um, I thought it'd be so funny. But I guess I'm winning. You did win. And so now you're probably getting more upset with me every day that goes by <laughs> that I'm winning. Um, but it's far enough away from my birthday now, baby. So anytime you want to come out, I'm okay with it. Yeah. Um, I don't know. Anything else? No, I think that's, you know, just we're documenting the sort of anticipation here and what goes into just right up until the clock. And the next time we do this, there'll be an infant right there. Sitting next to us. Yeah, we will not. Yep. Next podcast, we will be parents with a baby. We won't fit one in before that. So, better not. Dun, dun, dun. I guess if like they do have to schedule an induction or something, maybe I'll come on and cry for 25 minutes about it. <laughs> just, <laughs> just cry. Just 20 minutes of me cr- crying. Yeah. The so, crying episode. Yep. That's something that could be a bonus episode to look forward to, but we're hoping not. Mm-hmm. I don't know if it's really anything, but, you know, I was saying I've sure I've been sleeping a lot lately. I don't know if that's any sort of. Yeah. Like a biological, your body. Bi- yeah. Like a reaction to, I know I'm about to have, be a father. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Your body's getting its sleep now while it can. I, I'm not sure. but Or even just stress making you tired. You don't know. Maybe like sure. underlying stress, even huh. though you, you don't seem stressed, but I'm sure you are. Yeah. I don't know. I don't wear my stress. So well, I, I could you, be stressed. Yeah. Who knows? Yeah. You're not, not like you sometimes do. You definitely don't seem stressed. Yeah. So. Okay. All right. Well, thank you for listening to this episode of Raising CJ. Uh, we'll, we'll have a baby next time. So <laughs> we're very excited uh, for the next episode. See you then.